Yo, yo. What up? What up? Yo. What up? What up? Hey. Hey, welcome. Welcome to Benny's crib. What up? Uh, yeah, just leave your shoes over there. It's cool. Yeah, thanks. Does that sound cool? Yo. Yo, what up? Welcome to Benny's crib. Folks, <laughs> holy shit, we're here. It is motherfucking episode 100 of Benny's Crib. Are you serious? Yes, sir. Are you serious? I can't believe it. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. We can't yes, believe it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, baby, we are here. This is episode 100 of Benny's Crib. Ooh. Man, thank you for being here. Myself, Benny P. How we doing? How am I feeling? I mean, this is incredible. Mind-bending even. I feel like I ripped myself out of myself, and now I'm staring at myself. I mean, I'm feeling mm. 100 episodes in. I mean, come on. Mm. I'm feeling great. How, how are you feeling, my friend? I'm feeling peachy. Peaches and cream, now to me. I'm feeling beautiful, yeah. I'm feeling just like you. Yep. Yep. You already know we're feeling tip-top Magoo out here 100%. I love that. I love that. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, uh, as you know, we got to ask the same question to start this shit off for everybody. Benny P., thanks for being here. What is your first memory of hip-hop? I know that question very well. First memory of hip-hop. That's a good-ass question. I think two come to my mind specifically. There's one that's like the first time I ever really remember listening to hip-hop. Mm -hmm. And then there's an impactful moment mm -hmm. where hip-hop really spoke to me. The first moment ever was back, had to be late 90s. It was Christmas. My parents had a, um, had a CD of all these old Christmas songs. But they were covers. Mm -hmm. It was like, you know, I think Sting and Josh Groban, white-ass motherfuckers was on it. But there was one song on this uh, Christmas album that was a Santa Baby remix and it had um, Snoop Dogg, Mace, Reverend Run, Salt and Pepper, Keith Murray, Onyx. I might be forgetting some other cats, but it was it was heat. And I remember hearing that in my house, mad mad young, and it was really really only acceptable in my white ass household because it was like a Christmas uh, a Christmas song. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So that one definitely sticks with me as like the first time I listened to it. The first time I really ever felt a connection when I felt like hip-hop was pulling me out of myself had to be Jesus Walks by Kanye West, the, the music video. This has to be 04, 05. Like right. I'm, I'm either 10 or 11. And one day I'm just chilling, posted up in my living room. And it's, it's on TV. You know, it goes boom, 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 boom. Jesus walks. I was like, what the fuck is this? I never heard music like this. And I think in the video, it's like there's an angel and it's trying to take people who are struggling and put them in a positive position. Mm -hmm. That shit just blew my mind. Um, so, yeah, I think I'd have to say Santa Baby Remix is the first time I can remember hearing hip hop. But 
Kanye West Jesus Walks, that music video, I was in it. I was sold. I was like, something about this is going to be in my life. I just don't know yet. Um, and man, that was, you know, damn near 20 years ago. Holy shit. So yeah, I'd say that was the first memory. Incredible. Incredible times. I was there for those times. You were there too. Um, what did you spend your youth doing? What were like your hobbies as a young and I guess, you know, mm. out here in the 207, you know, what did you... I guess, just fill your time doing and enjoying, so to speak. That's another really good question. If I'm thinking back to the hobbies and just, you know, things I did as a youth, going way back, way, way back, it's definitely, definitely family. Family was always there. Um, whether it was my immediate family that I live with or seeing my grandparents or my cousins, big, big family kid growing up, man, always just getting into trouble and doing stupid shit with my loved ones. That was always a part of it. And being outside, often family and nature coincided, you know, um, I was lucky enough to do a lot of hiking and exploring throughout this beautiful state with my fam as a youngin, as you know, you were there and, um. I've always just loved the outdoors and just being outside, you know, having your hands in the creek, trying to grab clay or rocks or some shit like that, or running around barefoot in the grass or rolling around in the sand. Man, I love that shit. I love that shit as a kid. So nature was a huge part of it for sure. And not only was like the nature and family side there, art was always there. Writing specifically, I remember writing Mad Mad Young, Mad Young. I think I was writing books, like little small chapter you know, of, well, I'm not like chapter books, but like, you know, 10 pages mm-hmm. of like a little book, almost like mm-hmm. a little chapter. I feel like I was doing that back when I was like five or six. And I was reading Mad Young too. Always just fascinated by writing in books. And I've been writing since I was like little, like I said. And then music. I started buying my own CDs when I was like 10. Um, shout out Black Eyed Peas. Uh, Ella Funk, I think it was. Maybe like Switchfoot, Good Charlotte, you know, hella white shit for sure. Um, but music and writing were a huge part of it too, for sure. Um, but yeah, family and being outside were a huge part of my upbringing. Writing and like I said, music for sure. Music um, definitely was a huge part of my upbringing. Great segue because I wanted to specifically ask if um, if music was around at all, you like in your upbringing, and it sounds like it's always been there. Oh, oh, for sure. The prevalence and importance of music cannot be understated in my in my young life. Um, my dad was huge into music. I mean, man, I feel like he had these giant, giant cabinets with records on two different shelves. And then on top of that, there was a pullout drawer that had two rows of CDs. And I'm talking good shit, too. Real good shit. And it was always been around, just my house always playing. My mom was a big fan of Sting and the police. So that was always around. I mean, you grew up in the 90s, bro. Music's everywhere. I mean, music is a part of life in America, hand hand in hand. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, man, like I said, music was music and writing always been there from the jump, for sure. Um, like, always a part of my life since I can remember. You have the music, and then obviously you have the writing. When did you start writing about or, like, writing for music specifically? Mm. When did I start writing about music? That's a good question. That didn't really come to... I'd say later years, even college. I think college was really the foundation of music writing. Um, 
I was a journalism major, digital journalism, and I found out early that I did not want to write about white-ass main shit, like JV boys, class B basketball games and milk farms and just, just shit I, that didn't hit my soul in a sense. And I knew that if I wanted to really write about what I wanted to write about, which was music, I need to do shit on my own. So actually in college, started my own music blog as a way to just get the foundation, like I said, in place. And it was cool because I thought that after college, I might be hired by a institution or a publication or a blog, but I made my own instead. And <laughs> that was one of the best decisions I ever had. And that definitely all started in college, you know. College had to be where sure. I decided to shift my love for music and my love for writing into one concrete place. And uh, even like even podcasting and being vocal was a huge part of my collegiate experiences too. Um, and so that, that was definitely a huge part of it. Great segue, because I, I wanted to talk about, uh, you know, the vocal side of things. Like, when did you really get into uh, hosting and broadcasting? Mm. I said, no, man, you got some good-ass questions, B. Very, very good journalism right here. I appreciate this. Thank you. Thank you. I would say I really got into speaking on a microphone and just into hosting and broadcasting. These seeds were planted early in life, kind of like the whole music and writing thing. I mean, I remember I used to play sports games a lot on my PlayStation 2 back in fifth grade, middle school, you know, like NFL 2K5, I think, uh, NBA Live 05, MLB The Show, that kind of stuff. And I would be my own broadcaster. Like, I'd play the game, and I would be broadcasting, like, talking out, like, looking like I was pretty mad, to be honest. Like, legit, if, I, if I'm playing a baseball video game in middle school, I'd be like, and he's at the mound for the pitch, down the middle, and it's a strike on the inside. But, like, while I'm playing it, like, I'd be narrating it. Sick, I just man. always loved doing that. I loved talking about what was going on it was like different levels of awareness you were in it experiencing it and then also vocalizing it i always said that was kind of funny my parents and friends kind of poked fun at me for doing that but um yeah i always just loved talking like that i even wanted to be a sports broadcaster i think and then i said nah fuck that i ain't, I ain't finna do that and in college um it kind of became more journalism focused the, the whole podcasting uh shit and the whole just you know hosting and talking like i did a lot of journalism in college uh down on the north shore of massachusetts regarding podcasting and that was cool this is back in 2014 2013 i'm making podcasts shout out my professor professor wemmer um he was really talking about how big podcasting podcasting yeah. was going to be and this was again like eight years ago so huge man um but like i said that was more journalism focused it wasn't even shit i really always wanted to talk about I wouldn't say it was until after graduation of college um, where I wanted to do creative shit on my own is when the whole vocalizing, broadcasting, hosting stuff came together. Um, you know, like I said, I want to do my own creative shit. I want to do shit on my own. And at that point, you know, being in this hip-hop stuff, radio and podcasting just felt like a natural progression um, after college. Another great transition I want to talk about when, when you started creating shit on your own, you know, when you became your own independent kind of creator in a sense. Mm. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd love to talk about the formation of all this. So, you know, 
like I said, music and writing and speaking have been such a big part of my life. And at the end of college, I was in such a weird place, man. Not good mental health, not good physical health. My soul was I, like, I wouldn't say my spiritual health was that gone. I knew where I wanted to go, but I just wasn't taking care of myself. And I felt like I drifted. And then when I graduated, I was like, I got to do something, man. I want to do something with my life. I'm going to like, I want to figure out how to build a website and start my own website. But I just didn't have all the seeds planted. And I remember um, that summer, it was such a haze, bro. Going back to home, home after college, Blonde by Frank Ocean came out. I was smoking hella weed, pretty depressed, just drifting, playing a lot of Frank Ocean that summer. But like I said, I wanted to do something with myself and, and just have my own creative space and build. And that's where Rhymebeat started. I, I purchased the Rhymebeat domain in, I want to say, summer 2016. Um, and I'm like, what am I going to do with this? Like, I want to have, like, a hip-hop blog. But what am I going to, what's the vibe? And I'm like, I just want to be really about this shit and be, you know, not here for ulterior motives or trying to, like, get, uh, you know, quotes and be some, like, skeezy journalist shit. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be that. I was trying to be really authentic and I'm like what represents hip-hop to me like what happens when you listen to a song and there's two things that stuck out to me initially it was the rhyme and the beat and I was like rhyme beat that kind of works so I was like rhyme zone rhyme time all this corny ass shit and I was like nah I like rhyme beat and then I thought about journalism and how journalism is about beats if y'all don't know um, journalism back in the day was so extensive and so important that different parts of society had their own journalists assigned to them. Like there was a politics beat, there was a sports beat, there was an economics beat, there was an education beat. Journalists specifically had their own field they were focused on. I wish we were more like that now, man. I don't love the way journalism is feel these you. days. Feel you. Because beat journalism is very important um, because I think it can really hone people into certain areas. And if the media ain't being fugazi, you can even get trust and have these communities go to these journalists to trust them and share important information. That's a whole different story, but beats are very important in journalism. So not only is rhyme beat representative of the two parts of a hip-hop song, I know I'm talking a lot, and uh, all that, but it's also like the beat for rhyme, you know, like the journalism beat. And so that kind of clicked in my head, and I'm like, I'm going to buy this website. I started the website. Um, and yeah, really that, that like I said, uh, that's where it all started. I really started to build from there. You probably said it. What, what year was this again? Um, yeah, uh, like I said, it was uh, 2016. 2016, right after I graduated college. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, damn, that's some wild shit, yo. Um, yeah, I mean, the 2016 rhyme beat days. Interesting times, you know, like the early days of rhyme beat, for sure, it was such a work in progress. I probably went through 10 different website themes. Um, that summer I worked at a mini golf course, summer 2016. I didn't have a job though for winter 2016. And, uh, that was rough, bro. I was living at my parents' crib, feeling like a fucking bum, but I was still pushing myself. Like, even though I was drifting, I was like, I really want to make sure I keep going with this. And I kept doing posts and figuring out the tone of what I wanted to do. And I mean, it was so cool. Like I think back, like, and this is the time I got into artists like Griselda, for instance, you know, this is back in 2016 when this was happening, and I was, I mean, I mean maybe even Ma Kami, to like artists who are huge now. I was so, lack of a better phrase, tapped in that I just, um, 
I just couldn't stop. I just couldn't stop consuming music and writing about it. And then it's beautiful. It's beautiful. The following year in 2017, uh, that spring and summer, I uh, continued to build off that, work some odd jobs, paid off some debt. And then like after I moved out of my parents' house, kind of, um, that's when Ryan B really started to, to blow up a little bit and, and take off more. That's dope. What you mean by that, though? What you mean by kind of? Mm. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, I didn't really move out of my parents. Like, I, I moved out of my parents' crib, but I feel like I didn't really move out of, like, my family circle, if that makes sense. My Gramps passed in 2017, I believe. And once he passed, I ended up moving into this trailer that he... uh he was living in at the time it was a really really nice trailer um and i had my own little room that i had as like an office in there and that's where rhymey really started to form independently because like i said I, I was still living in the same town that i grew up in old orchard i was you know living in like property owned by my family but i was by myself paying you know rent um and sh yeah i think i was paying rent to my mom but i was still paying rent at the time you know getting a taste of independence and it was wild because a lot of like shit was really kind of planted in there. I think that's when I like made the Ryan Beat Instagram page. That's where I did some, you know, pretty cool interviews th through people online. That's where um I, I interviewed Be All for the first time was in that trailer. Um, but after I really found my footing, so to speak, slightly for the first couple of years out of college, um, twenty eighteen hit. And 2018 is when things really, really changed. That was a big year. Break it down, though. Um, what really changed in 2018? What specifically, or just even kind of briefly, made that year a big year for you? Yeah. Um, I mean, moving to Portland, bro. Being out here in the city, being where we're at now, being able to be um, in Portland was huge. Just being in walking distance for shows was one of the biggest things for me because I think a scene is really held in part a lot by the shows because if there's a show in town that everyone's interested in, whether it's local or national, motherfuckers can go and mob out and shoot the shit and hang out and maybe meet new people or just be a part of the music. And uh, it really amped up heavy out here for me when I moved to Portland. And then it even amped up even more because, um, like I said, in 2018, I kind of get out here, move in like May, I think, start to really put my face out here in the scene more as the year goes on. And then in 2019, um, it really, really amped up. Again, yo, uh, talk on yet another big year for you. Um, talk on 2019. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big year. Um, 2019 was filled with growth, man. I think the biggest thing is 2019 was my first full year I was in Portland. Because like I said, I moved like in May 2018 or some shit. And I found self-care and I found self-love and all those really important, you know, preservations of self. And um, I got healthy, man. Like, I lost a good amount of weight, figured out how I want to eat, figured out nutrition, exercise, hydration, therapy. Um, those types are really important things for a young person to um, get into, man. And uh, Shout out therapy. When I started to really take care of myself, I became more in tune with who I was as an artist. I really became aware that if I wanted to be Benny P, I had to be Ben Panette. I had to take care of myself, man, my mind, my body, and my soul, and everything. And uh, once I started doing that, it just 
I felt like I just had this wave building up and oddly not, not even oddly enough um perfectly enough I had linked with Bial like I said when I looked at the trailer and done that interview and then we started hanging out him and um his managers Alex and Garrett at the time um were all around here and um our good homie Soto who makes beats incredible and produces a lot for Bial um, they all moved to Portland too, I think, a couple months after I moved to Portland. And we linked a lot and chilled a lot. And then in um we we had a really big and monumentous trip up to Orono in uh two thousand and nine January twenty nineteen. And that kicked off a major year. Like if I thought twenty eighteen was a good year for me, twenty nineteen that was a huge year. And that trip for sure, uh I think is what allowed that to happen shout out self-love for sure but uh um talk on that trip mm. Mm. yeah man uh, man that trip was awesome brother uh i was like the first time i ever like went on like a road trip of some sorts i said that in quotes um to do a show i mean i'm just going to orono i partied at orono and chilled at orono a lot in college so i i mean it wasn't nothing new to get up there but just being like yo we're gonna put everything for the show for the whole weekend and Benny's whip. You're going to drive. I mean, you, you were there. You remember, bro. And we drove all the way up to Orono. Um, I think... I think it was the same night we had the show. It was, I think I think so. we just stayed there for one night. I, I could be tripping, but I'm pretty sure we get there. B does this show at the Slice Bar or someplace in downtown um, Orono. And it was just like this perfect like hip-hop night for me you know like i'm here with with the team we having a couple drinks being loose with it uh bumping tunes like we all kind of added songs to this you know the dj set that we were spinning before the show and then it was just man like just that night was magical it was cold as fuck it's january it's 2019 and we all smoking doinks out the uh sliding glass door of the hotel room fitting way more people that should have been in that hotel room getting noise complaints, goofing, just feeling like we were there, man, just feeling like we were doing something big because we were doing something big for, for us. For me, it felt huge. And, um, man, yeah, that just kicked off a huge year. Remember that trip was like this perfect start of the year. And, um, you know, 2019 was a big year for show. Oh, yes, indeed. Yes, sir. Oh, yes, indeed. A major year. Um, 2019 also was a huge year mm. because... Benny's Crib, this podcast, was launched in 2019, mm. and now we're 100 episodes deep. It's wild. 100 episodes. I mean, who, who would have freaking thought? Um, yeah, I got to talk about the birth of Benny's Crib. Benny's Crib started, I want to say, in like May or June, maybe July 2019. Late spring, early summer 2019. Shout out to homie Ben's been dead. Like two years ago, we were sitting, three years ago, we were sitting right here. I'm doing the same shit. It's a little more high grade now, a little more polished. Um, and yeah, I was like, you know what? I should do something like interviewing dope artists around here. I think I got the, uh, I don't know, the narrative flow and the poise and the humor maybe even to get it going. And uh, I launched Benny's Crib in 2019, like I said, with Soto. Shout out Soto um, for crafting the instrumental. Y'all heard it so many times. And then, you know, right from there, it was just like, I want to do this. I really want to do this 
so much. Um, I mean, getting to speak to, I mean, some of the people I had for the first guests, Ben's Been Dead, uh, Just Plain Jones, Spose, Be All, Goddamn Chan, Christina Contigian, I believe Shane Rise, I'm, I'm forgetting so many names too, uh, all the resample homies, I'm, like I said, I'm forgetting so many names, but once I really started doing that podcast and um, Dre Armani, shout out Dre Armani, another one. But regardless, once I started getting people through here, I realized how much bigger and more powerful the scene was. And I was like, fuck, I really want to do this. And now being here in this position, man, and being able to talk about all this shit. Mm hmm. And and reflect on it. It's it's astounding. Hundred episodes? Are you fucking kidding me? Like I'm so lucky to be here, man. If I drop dead right now in the middle of this, you can go back and look at the log and so many beautiful stories and and uh, artists' journeys have been displayed and broadcast because of Benny's crib. And I don't think I ever seen anything like this in in the history of Maine music journalism. At least when I've been alive, and shout out, you know, love to everybody out there who's doing dope shit out here in Maine, um, because I, I I love it. But I think if I can say, you know, and toot my own horn a little bit, Benny's crib is a special place, man. And uh, I could damn near cry thinking about how lucky I feel, man, to been doing this for a hundred episodes. Um, so yeah, I just want to show thanks and, and and say that wholeheartedly, man. Like really, really, like thank y'all for real, man. Yeah, yo, thank y'all. This is beautiful. It stands for so much, and it feels so big. But at the same time, I'm just chilling here in my living room. You know, I just sometimes I just feel like who's who's gonna listen to this shit in the future? And um, it just means a lot that we have all these stories on wax. And and thank you. I mean, we so lucky, man. We so lucky. Um. But as I was saying, 2019, you know, when Benny's Crib launched was just a big year for so much because not only did Benny's Crib, the podcast launch, I'm pretty sure 2019 is when I started doing Ryan B Radio every Monday, 10 p.m. Eastern, WMPG.org. How we doing? <laughs> but um, Ryan B Radio was huge because I always wanted to do radio. And in my mind, I'm like, I got this blog that I'm slowly still working on, Um doing a podcast, I'm out at events, I'm being a public person and, and meeting people. I'm even almost doing some minor A&R and, &R and I, you know, linking with artists on the low and like DMing them and giving them, you know, my advice and vice versa. And the next step was radio. I wanted to be on the radio because all love like the Hot 104.7 and, and everybody out there who's doing dope shit on the radio. But I just think that radio, mainstream radio, FM radio can't showcase the best shit. It's impossible. It just don't happen, unfortunately. And I wanted to have a place where I could do that. And then the fact that WMPG let my goofy ass take over and become hip-hop director pretty much instantly was stupid, man. And um, I got so much love for that radio station and just being behind that board. And being like, the fact that I could like, eat, because I had a late show initially, it was every other week, and I could say fuck on the radio and be like, yo, fuck the system. We fuck. playing hip-hop. White supremacy is evil, and you got to do your best every damn day to combat that shit. I could say that on the radio, like legit, and that's it's legal, cause it's after 10 p.m. And I was like, I can do this shit. Like, I'm I'm gonna use my motherfucking First Amendment while playing incredible hip hop. And uh, 
man, you know, the fact that like that launched the same year as Benny Crib is Benny's Crib is huge because I don't know where I'd be in my young life if I didn't have that radio outlet nor this podcasting outlet. So for sure, man, like um, shout out Ryan B Radio and WMPG Heavy. Shout out 2019 and shout out WMPG. Shout out WMPG, baby. No doubt. One final thing I want to talk about um, in 2019 was the rebranding I kind of did too. This is a good tip for anyone out there who's starting a business or, um, you know, a media show, blog, any anything, you know, even if you're an artist, actually. A good logo goes a very long way. A good logo will make you look infinitely more professional than you could ever think. And I hit up the um, homie B-Cap from New England Noise um, because I think he was showing love to the podcast or something. And this is the beautiful thing about being in media. You meet people. They know people. You have mutual friends. And then you start to just grow a network. And if they're good people and you trust them enough to have a working relationship, you can really start to grow and use your resources for sure, for sure. And just getting new logos for Rhyme Beat was even huge for me that year. I felt like once I had new logos, I could really do anything mm. um, in terms of branding, you know, like merch designs, uh, posters, flyers, website, like anything, man. And um, I, when I think of like 2019, because, you know, you know how it is, you, you, you and myself, this is crazy, you know what I'm saying? I'm looking at you and you looking at me, but we the same thing, whatever. Um, we like to have a narrative flow to what's going on. So like I said, um, after always being fascinated by music and writing, starting my own shit after college in 2016, getting more independent with it in 2017, moving to Portland in 2018 and starting to get my foundation kind of set out here. 2019 was like the springboard, like I said. Getting to do shows with my peeps, starting a podcast, starting the radio show, and then getting my logos all tight. I just felt so lucky and fortunate that like it seemed like I was kind of legit and professional. And um, shout out New England Noise heavy for that. That was huge. Shout out New England Noise, yo, for real. Shout out BCAP. Um, and, and hell yeah, yo. You took all that you built in 2019 and the um, years before that and then came into 2020 full force because you had a major January of 2020. Is, is that correct? Is that some uh, accurate information? <laughs> You know your shit. Well done. You, you, you did some good research, my friend. January uh, 2020 was major for Ryan Beat. If 2020 was building up to something, it felt like 2000 and January of 2020 was that. Um, that was the first event I ever got to do myself and curate myself and put on. And that coincided with the first ever Ryan Beat merch drop two huge things for me um just being able shout out monday the mind shout out flask lounge being able to curate a lineup and have a show that night was everything for me i mean i had a lunar landing sarah violet and miles bowling as planetary access ben's been dead shane rise and then pink navel with the headline set i i couldn't i couldn't like pick a better show to go see and i got to put that one on and then i was selling beanies and shirts and it may seem little to people, like, why are you getting so gassed up about these little things? Anyone can do a show. Anyone can make merch. But it's different when it's yours, man. It's so special when you have these visions for yourself and you go through tumultuous moments of self-loathing 
And then you get excited about yourself again and grow. And then you kind of reel back. And it's a lot of give and take. But when you finally just say, nah, fuck it. I'm going to jump in the pool with both feet. I'm going to jump out the plane and just free fall and see where it takes me. Um, you never know where it's going to end up. And that's how I felt at that show. I was like, this is everything I've been working for. And um, it was almost like everything up to that night, that show, was like phase one of Rhyme Beat. And I remember walking home that night from Flask. I was like, the begin or like phase one of this is is over. Like I'm evolving now. Um, and I have so much love again for Flask and Monday of the Mind. So shout out, uh, shout out January two thousand. Shout out Bcap too for the for the merch drop help for that one too. Um, and shout out everyone who supported it and went to the show and bought merch. That was incredible, man. So that was definitely a huge huge month. Um, major. But yeah, like that was kind of like I don't know. Like I said, like the like that night, like completed phase one of uh, my whole major plan. That does sound like a huge night. And shout out again, everyone who came to that. Shout out Flask Lounge. What do you mean? Like, explain the phases. Like phase one. Like, what phase are you in now? Like, you know, like can you can you break that down a little bit? Yeah, I, I'd say right now, even like as I sit here, I feel like I'm at the end of phase two. Because what, I started rhyming in 2016, and then 2019 was this big, or January of 2020, excuse me, was this big moment, so that was like almost like three and a half years, and now we're like three years later from that, and I feel like right now it's almost like the, uh, I don't know, like like I said, like the end of phase two. I don't really fully know what these phases mean, which is kind of what my subconscious is telling me, and um, I just felt like I had this big, big wave after that event, um, but then covid hit man yeah i feel like that early 2020 covid shit was a fucking just like a time hole like everything was just forced to stop and i think it definitely fucked with a lot of people's flows mm. Mm. and like i mean it sounds like you were like gearing up for the next phase honestly um after that rhyme beat show of what you wanted to do and then kind of you know like i said like uh shit kind of got f slowed down a little bit maybe mm. i don't know if that makes sense for sure for sure. I think everyone's, you know, flow kind of got messed up when COVID hit. Um, everyone, you know, it doesn't matter what you were doing. Um, but it's funny. I try to stay positive in life and look at the positives, I guess, especially because, like, I can't control a lot of the negative things that impact me. Like, I couldn't even control the fact that we were in a pandemic. It was, you know, or we still are. But when that really hit, it was like, what the fuck is life like? And um, being in quarantine and being in that in that time made me just want to pump out podcasts and um mm. you know i did some with like people that i felt safe with in my bubble and then i really started to just do a lot more through the phone and get that going and i look back to 2020 and being in this little apartment and well, i guess it's, it's not that little man imagination can make a place feel a lot bigger if you There's know what i'm saying space but in here just being trapped in here I don't know, man. It just made me really appreciate the fact that I was still even able to make podcasts. And I just I felt like in 2020, man, I was we, we were dumping so many podcasts. Um, and even though COVID and 2020 were fucking trash and or COVID and that year and 2020 were trash. I am really thankful that I got to spin that in a sense and get all those podcasts going and kind of keep the momentum flowing in a sense. If, if that makes uh, if that makes sense. No, yeah, that that's beautiful. It's that whole, you know, turning a negative into a positive and um 
I think focusing on what you can control is so big. I, I would agree oh, with that. Oh, for heavily. sure. And then even in 2020, another major thing was, uh, yeah, I think this was in 2020. Maybe it was towards the end of the year. But in 2020, I switched from doing Ryan Beat Radio every other week and started doing it every week, which was big for me. And I got a new time slot. It went from 11.30 to 1.30 every other Monday to every Monday at 10 p.m. 10 p.m. is perfect because 10 p.m. is right when you can start playing explicit music on the radio. And for me to have a 10 o'clock time slot, I thought that was more realistic too. Like if you want to listen to a 90-minute hip-hop show at 10 o'clock and still crash around midnight, you can do that. If you want to listen to a hip-hop show that starts at 11.30, you can't do that. And I felt like it made me more accessible to the radio. Um, and I remember it, it went great, man. Like, finding solace in creating the radio show was so huge for me to get through 2020. I remember I got a DM once from somebody who was in prison and saying, or they got they just got out the pen and they said that, um, right, like, listening to that in jail helped them get through. Like, this shit makes me, like, gives me goosebumps, bro. Like, for real. Like, I can't even think about that kind of shit too long. And not only knowing that, like, the art that I was pumping out was making me feel fulfilled, it was helping other people. Um, that was huge, man. So sh shout out Ryan B. Radio, too. That, that definitely saved me a lot in 2020. Hell yeah. Um, shout out to everybody for getting through 2020. Mm. It sounds like 2021, if I do remember myself, was a much more prosperous and overall just better year for you. Yeah, um... <laughs> 2021 last year was definitely a better year i'd say overall for uh for everything you know uh but especially um <clears throat> just just for ryan b too man like there were some big developments last year for sure talk on them talk on those developments speak on them oh of course man of course um I'll go in kind of chronological order because that's that's what we've been doing. The first big thing in 2021 that I really felt like was huge was um, the website relaunch, man. You remember that? That was a whole fucking saga. Um, redoing the entire Ryan Beat website. And then right before I was going to relaunch it, remember what happened? The shit got taken down. Like it got hacked or fist or some shit. Literally the night before it was going to fucking drop, shit got taken down. Legit. Awful. Oh, shit. Stupid, bro. Like, so dumb. But we still figured it out. I figured out how to, like, I, I was backing it up, or, or I figured something out how to save it. And um, we got it launched, and then and the website pretty much looks like it does today. And I, I fucking love it. I'm so proud of the website, man. I'm so proud of what I've done on that site. I remember what it looked like in 2016 when I was up in my parents' uh, crib in my room on this like rickety little desk. It looked like almost like a Tumblr, and now I think it's one of the best hip hop blogs in the whole damn in the whole damn world. Fuck it, be. Um, and that was just huge, man. Getting to relaunch the site was a, a major, major accomplishment. And then right after that, um, the video podcast launched. Hey, we're here, baby. <laughs> We hear, for sure. I mean, being on video is incredible, would you say? Yeah, man. Um, just getting to have a video component to Benny's Crib was big, because I had a lot of, like, quandaries about putting my face out there on camera, but I was like, I mean, you're already out here, bro. Your voice is already out here. You're a public figure. Mm -hmm. Who gives a fuck at this point, man? And I, and I kind of pushed through that anxiety of being more on camera, and... Um, 
it was just, uh, yeah, man, it was just so cool. And shout out Soul. I mean, sometimes it's hard for me to like think back and speak on this because you can relate. It's hard to talk about your accomplishments without being too cocky. Because I don't want to be cocky. I want to be confident and grateful. But to be real, man, we're killing it out here, bro. It's, we're doing incredible shit. And it's it's so impressive to uh, see where it all started. You know, you got to give yourself your flowers where you can smell them. You know, don't like I said, don't don't brag about shit. But if you're doing cool shit, like, give yourself a moment to do this. And that video podcast was another big, big step up. Shout out Soul. Um, and then being able to then continue video podcasts in person all throughout last year, like like we're doing now, was another huge thing. Another very, very big thing. 2021 bringing the blessings um can we talk about main got something to say the first ever rhyme beat album i mean come oh, on oh yeah man man got something to say if you know um outcast andre 3000 said the south got something to say at the source awards right and i remember when i was on the radio once i think i was yelling about how like main got something to say or something and i remember i posted it and I, i'm pretty sure spose said main got something to say that's the album or it was it was something like that i'll have to go back and check but i was like yeah like that is a great motherfucking title for it because i always wanted to drop an album and that was a great um idea for that man and yeah man like getting that ready getting the artist that i had on it man was huge too i mean one pound planetary access christina contagion Shane Rise, produced by George, Laz, Riley Lamar, Just Milk, 32 French, Dead in the Gutter, um, Mike B. I'm hoping I'm not forgetting anybody. Um, I mean, incredible, man. I just, I, again, I just felt so fucking lucky to, f- like, I got an album out, man. Like, skirt. Shout out Garrett um, for the album art, too, man. Garrett Clare. That, that was another huge part of 2021 was definitely dropping that album. Yeah, shout out Garrett for the album art. And that, that was huge. And shout out Tristan. Um, for dropping the trailer, too, for making the trailer for that. That was dope. Uh, I think a huge moment in Rhyme Beats history, but especially in last year, too. Mm. Yeah, man, shout out Tristan. Tristan's killing it, bro. I'd love to see him uh, kill shit. Um, but, yeah, uh, he was a huge part of that. The trailer came out incredible. I, th- I was proud with the music. Um, you know, I, like, who else can... I mean, who, how many people have put out, like, a, a main music compilation? Not many people. It's It's hard to do, and I was just proud that I got to do it and grateful for the opportunity and um grateful that you know like i was able to donate some of the profits to the main music alliance grateful to the portland zoo for letting me throw a kick-ass party listening party a couple months later um that was a lot of fun that was some fun shit and yeah man like uh that was some of the big shit of 2021 last year got the website launched video podcast launched and then dropped the first ever Rhyme Beat album on top of doing the shit we already been doing, you know, with merch drops and everything like that. Um, so, yeah, man, sh- shout out last year for sure. Yeah, it feels like 2021, you bounced back from 2020, the phases kept going, and uh, you had that creative momentum kind of oh, back. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like I said, like, um, if the phase one of my Rhyme Beat planning and just creating was the end of that flask night, um, a, lo- a big parts of phase two for me were, like, getting an album out, um, proving to myself that I could put on like another event and not just have it be like a one-time thing. Hosting Resample last year was a dream. That was a huge thing too. Um, shout out all the homies there. Shout out Santiki. And 
having the podcast on video was something I always kind of wanted to do. So that kind of made me feel like I was evolving heavily. And then um, having a website that I was 100% proud of was another big part of, uh, I think, phase two. And phase three um, right now is like, Kind of, I think, once I drop this and this all goes smoothly, hopefully, knock on wood, I feel like that's going to be kind of like the end of phase three, so to speak. And phase three is, I think, to me, like being at a place where I can be creating so many different things at the level I want them to be. Okay. And having huge creative diversity, but being able to balance it all. Like it's almost like I got the blog for the daily stuff, radio show is weekly. I do podcasts and interviews weekly or bi-weekly, um, doing merch drops, doing events a couple times throughout the year, and then um, you know steady working on dropping albums behind the scenes. I think that's kind of what I want the next phase to be, is having so many different endeavors. I'm not even thinking about it. It's just instinct. It's just natural. It's like, I want to create. I want to make dope shit, but not because I feel like I have to, because just because I want to, and, and it's fun to create, you know, it's fun to have your own little world, because America's a fucked up world to live in, even with all the privilege I got, and um, I guess, yeah, now, now I feel like we're kind of at this place where I have all these seeds in the garden, I've watered them pretty heavily, and the shit's starting to really fucking get, get together now, man, and um, I'm ready to keep growing, and I mean, I, even just getting 100 podcasts was big. I wanted to get 100 podcasts. I wanted to have that three digits. Even if um, some of them were like solo podcasts, um, I still knew that like, hey, like you've dumped 100 podcasts out here. That's impressive, man. 100 is not an easy number to get to. So that was definitely, I think, a, a huge part of it. But yeah, like I said, balancing all this shit and feeling confident and not even overthinking it, just doing it. But yeah... Uh, like I said, just getting the blog where I wanted it to be and then feeling completely like it's pretty much done. I just got to maintain it every day. Getting the radio show where I want it to be, being it weekly, having the podcast, visual. I mean, and then just balancing all the other endeavors. I think that's kind of like what phase three is going to be, if that makes sense. You know, having media convergence across a bunch of different shit, but I'm always working on something. I think I think that's how I describe it. I feel that. You're bearing the fruits of your labor, so to speak. Um, like a one-man machine, in a sense. I mean, we're doing a lot, yeah. I mean, hip-hop fucking saved my life, bro. This shit really does, and it saves my life. It gives me meaning. And, um... Man, I just have to show it love. I have to show it respect and take it very seriously. And, um... I, like I said, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for this shit. So I want to make sure I live it every day to the fullest and show gratitude to these things for real for real man that's that's a huge part of it it was very important very important and i, I respect that yo for real um i want to get into the future and these phase three developments as well but um would you be cool if we kind of just kept it in the present for a couple quick questions yeah yeah hell yeah let's always keep it grounded yo hell yeah 100 percent. gotta keep it in the present yo um do you have any overall because you're pretty active out here. Any overall thoughts on the 207 scene, Portland scene, just kind of the main scene in general right now here in 2022? Mm, mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, just the, the main scene right now, man, the 207, it kind of feels like everything's starting to, like, defrost in a sense and thaw, if that makes sense. I mean, we almost had two years of shit being locked up on and off. And now I just love to see shit rolling out again. I mean, shout out to all the MCs and singers, 
um, putting on shows, man. Like, I love to see people out here again. That's what I'm really excited about right now in the scene. Um, and same with producers. I mean, shout out uh, Graphic Melee and Stereo Dreams. Um, I just love to see shows creep out. I mean, last year there was some, but now I really feel like we're at this point where, knock on wood, like, summer's coming and I feel like live music's kind of back. And um, I'm just pumped as hell. And there's so many talented artists out here still, man. I, I really do feel like the main scene is the best it's ever been music-wise for artists pumping out music. 100%. Like, I'm so pumped to see what Angelica's working on. Always down to see what One Pound's working on. Kafari. Uh, the homie B. All, Christina Contigian. I would love to get some new Kenya Hall music. Um, shout out Sana. JR Specs is on a murder streak right now. Um, Riley Lamar's murking it. Ben's been dead as a monster. Um, all the young OGs, you know, like I say OGs because they've been doing it for a while, but they're still mad young, like Spizzy, Cam, uh, Shane. Uh, shout out Dave Gutter. Um, oh, yo, shout out uh, motherfucking uh, Miles Bolin. Shout out Laz. I don't know if I said it, but shout out Just Milk. I mean, there's so many dope artists. I can't, I, I'm going to forget some, so I apologize if I do. But um, I just, I, I'm still going to ride for the scene for sure. But I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that shows are coming back and um, that there's artists pumping music out, man. It's just, it's a beautiful time to be a fan of Maine music. And um, I think this summer is going to be exciting here in Maine. Um, Let's all get back out there, I think, and, and try and heal together again in the music. But I think we should all be respectful of each other's uh, pace at which we want to get out there, you know? Because um, it's, 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 it's still kind of a weird time, you know? Like, if you've been kind of locked up for a couple of years and you got to go back to the pool, you might not know how to swim. You got to relearn how to swim a little bit. But once you get back in that water, it's going to be pretty easy. It's going to feel good, especially on a hot summer day. Well, enough of the analogies. Um, <laughs> oh, and I love to see... Um, studios man like time zone studios for instance one of them like i just love to see studios getting put together too by artists like artists run studios we put us on um for us by us that kind of shit i love that but um shout out all the collaborations all the studios and shout out all the live shows man i love to see it get out there yo if if, if you if you're feeling it go back out there and let's let's get shit popping man i love it i love to see shit safely open up and i like to see you saying um we got to be respectful of everyone's kind of like pacing the shit Oh, yeah. I mean, we got to be understanding of one another, man. Like, let people be themselves and don't force expectations onto people and project your shit onto people. That's a hard thing to do because America teaches you to be toxic from a very young age. But, you know, let people be themselves. I mean, obviously, if someone's being an asshole, call them out and try and have them correct their behavior. But don't force people to do things just because you want them to do it. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like, if people want to wait a little bit and they don't want to go to shows or they like... It's, let's say that you don't have to wear a mask at a show anymore, but a couple people still want to wear masks. Let them do that. Like, don't don't be a dick. Be understanding. All right. That's that's something else I want to say. Be understanding of, and respectful of everyone's boundaries. Real shit. Respect other people, yo. For real. Oh yeah. And on one thing too, I want to say about because you mentioned like uh, Portland and like Maine separately. Almost, I feel like. So on like a non-music thing, um, I want to talk about like. Portland right now, man. Um, I love this fucking city. I really do. It's a palette of different cultures. Um, there's so much going on at any given time, and it feels like home to me. But there's a lot of sad shit happening out here right now, bro. Like, there's a lot of shit that's changing in Portland. I think as in any American city, but I, I live here, and I want to talk about Portland. Um, I mean, gentrification's horrendous, brother. Like, it's, it's horrendous, man. There's generations of families being kicked out. 
um, from neighborhoods they've lived in forever. And it's clear from the top down the city cares more about tourism bullshit and about out-of-state money coming in than they do about helping the people who are already here. I mean, look at how the homeless population gets villainized. The homeless population gets villainized. Excuse me. That's it's just it's just fucking it's it just makes me sick to see that kind of shit, man. And um, I feel like the people who make the city what it is, um, they're not getting taken care of. And the uh, the like I said, the the city from the top down is focusing on national interests and how they can make it this tourist destination. And I I don't like that shit, bro. I think my point is. We genuinely have to help one another, man. Like, supporting black-owned business, supporting businesses run by immigrants or families or children of immigrants. Um, and I ain't talking about, like, social media shit. I'm talking about, like, putting your money into businesses. Um, not supporting whack-ass, like, chains and shit that are just owned by rich-ass white families who are, like, false allies shit. You know what I'm saying? Like... Like and like I said, the city's not gonna do shit for us. Like, stop believing the people in power care for the most part. You know, it's probably a couple, a couple of real ones maybe, but a lot of people in power don't give a fuck. And like, obviously, if they did, like, they would defund like these militarized police forces and put more money into the community. But it ain't like that. And if you're like me and you got privilege or you got paper or whatever it may be, you know, we gotta understand that unless we support these communities and businesses and people ourselves and we take care of one another i really don't think um they're gonna ever get taken care of and the system's gonna keep fucking up people and being evil and i guess really this whole rant is just saying fuck the system bro like we live in a very dark evil system that exploits people and i'm seeing that tenfold happen in portland i'm seeing the city change in ways that makes it feel kind of more like like i said just like a big tourist place and not like an authentic unique vibe of its own and um, we have to, on the daily, man, on the daily, trying to be fighting white supremacy. And not, like I said, not just on some, uh, you know, social media activist shit. Like, really be out here supporting, man. And um, really be out here pushing your money and your time and your resources. And trying to educate yourself and being a better listener, man. Um, I just had to say that because I'm a white person in hip-hop. I'm a guest in this culture. I always try and remember that. And um, not only that, I mean, this city is being gentrified at an alarming rate, and it's disgusting, and it's changing a lot. And uh, I just want to make sure we, we're aware of that, man, and we don't think it's good. Like, oh, I like to see all these new businesses. It ain't good, bro. It ain't good. We got to take care of each other, man. That's all. That's what I want to say. Real shit. And like I said, like, I say this shit because I care. Like, I, Portland has given me so much, I feel like, and I want people to unify and, like, remember the collective power of people when they come together you know like the system needs us we don't need the system it's kind of what i want to say but that's a whole different story i'm just grateful to be out here and shout out all the dope um all the dope shit in the 207 that keeps me going man for real couldn't have said it better myself quick just segue is this weird this is weird right talking to me yes this is fucking weird yo right this is pretty surreal and cool I like that. I'm not going to front. Shout out self-love for real, for real. Shout it's a beautiful thing. You're killing it. Thank you. Thank you. One more question before we head to the rapid fire, if you're down. Does that work for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But before we get to the rapid fire, I'd love to answer one more. Great. You do the blog, the podcast, the radio show, all this different stuff. Is there a routine to this? Mm. 
Is there like a, uh, how do you balance these things, I guess? How do I balance all this? I mean, thank you, for real, for the compliments, but, uh. Oh, you know, shout out self-love. That's all it is, baby. That's all it is. I think it really comes down to routine and taking care of the self. Like I said, I can't be Benny P unless I take care of Ben Panette. I think that's the most important thing. Taking care of yourself and then just following your instincts and, and then setting time aside for the things you love. I love doing this shit. That's why I do it. And uh, when I take care of myself, I'll make sure I set aside time for the things that I love. And uh, when I'm in that full, like, healthy, genuine, I'm myself type mode, it's just instinct. It's like, boom, you got to do this, let's do it. Now it's time to do this, let's do it. Boom, 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 just go. So once you take care of yourself, I feel like everything else kind of goes from there, if that makes sense. Kind of a cop-out answer, but I think it's one of the most important things to understand. Health is amazing, bro. It feels good, and we should all want to feel healthy mentally, physically, and spiritually. That's beautiful. These are important themes. Very important. You know what's more important, maybe? You ready for the motherfucking rapid-fire question? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Favorite album right now. Favorite album right now? Woo. The new Lord Jamonte album's incredible. The new Fly Anakin album's really good. I was spinning that brain orchestra today. Man. And then, and then I got to also shout out the Knowledge house album that dropped knowledge's house album is really good there's so probably good. so much shit i'm forgetting and i'm really really sorry oh the new j words album so dope so dope shout out that too shout out j words last good movie that you saw that's good movie x i saw the movie x that was freaking stupid bro shout out nick uh genazio and one pound man we went and saw that together and i was really really into that movie x was good shout out x Favorite yard eating uh, dish right now? Any any dish? Ooh, Favorite yard eating dish? Ch I had the chicken and waffles a couple weeks ago, and I mixed the jerk sauce with the barbecue sauce. Come on, come I on! I died that night and been a happy person. Probably that. Probably that. Favorite springtime activity? That's a very seasonal question. My favorite springtime activity, just honestly feeling the rebirth of nature. I'm big on nature. Like I pick up off the trees and the plants and the birds and the animals and the insects and the people, everything, the sounds, the smells, the wind, everything. And I love in spring when you go outside, it's like a sunny day and you just see green slowly creep out. That's probably my favorite activity just to watch all that happen. It's beautiful, man. The vibration of nature is strengthening, you know? It's like winter puts a blanket on it, and then nature brings it, or spring brings it right back. Tour you're most excited to see. Ooh, there's a lot of good tours right now, man. Shout out that. I'm so happy to see that. I'm really pumped to see Rap Ferreira. I really am. And Pink Navel. That's going to be dope as fuck. Um, I pr probably, probably that show. Probably that show, to be honest, right now. Author, you want to shout out. An author. Shout out James Baldwin. Kurt Vonnegut. If you want some good poetry, read some Maya Angelou. 
Hope I pronounced everyone's name right. That's my answers. If you can combine any two animals, what animals is it gonna be? Any animals? You crazy, bro? You know that you wild man. You 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 interesting. Two animals, like a bear. Nah, fuck that. An ant. What? No, actually, yeah, an ant and a bear. The size of a bear, but the strength of an ant in comparison to the size of a bear. And then I feel like you can, can't you like tame ants and make an ant farm? So then I'd have like a big army of bears that would like do my bidding, you know? Like, can you imagine someone tries to fuck with you and you got like eight grizzlies out back that are like a thousand times stronger than normal grizzlies and they listen to you? That'd be danger zone, man. That'd be, that'd be cool. I, I like those too. <laughs> that shit would be terrifying. I don't want to see that ever in my life. Please, please don't make that happen. What's the biggest lesson you've learned thus far? Biggest lesson I learned thus far? Don't believe your anxious thoughts. Some might have merit, but... I don't know. I just feel like sometimes anxiety can make certain thoughts have really heavy emotional reactions. And my brain will correlate like a heavy emotional reaction as something that's important and that has like merit and sometimes it's just your vagus nerve tweaking out and the, the, your anxious thoughts don't mean shit like how many good artists never believed in themselves and then they never created shit i think about that all the time so that's why i really don't like to listen to my anxiety it's really hard and i have to be healthy that's why self-care is so important but that's a big lesson but don't believe the anxiety bro like don't believe it, you know? It's hard to do that, like I said, but when you can really get into a clear state of mind and know what thoughts are coming from a genuine place of self-love and what thoughts are coming from just, like, genetic predispositions to mental shit, then I can kind of, like, figure out a better flow inward-wise. So, yeah, I'd say um, just believe in myself, have trust in myself, and don't believe in my anxious thoughts. I love that. More importantly, though, would you rather have to escape a tsunami or a volcano? I feel like I'd rather escape a volcano just because... Just because shit's shooting out, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to hit me 100%. Maybe like 99%. Maybe I can like somehow run far enough or get lucky enough or hide under the right thing where the magma doesn't get me. However, yo, pause. Volcanoes are nuts. There's literally mountains that shoot fire. No. Are you kidding me? That's wild. That's, that's ridiculous. Regardless, though, a tsunami hits, I can't outrun a wave, and then that water, that's going to get me, bro. So I'll, probably, I'll probably pick volcano. 207 artist cats should peep 207 artist cats should peep these are good questions it's almost like i wrote them you know what i'm saying um 207 mc or just an artist i said them earlier and i don't even know if you can find their shit streaming because it's kind of tough but there's this really dope cat that went by sauna s-a-a-n-a i think that's how you pronounce it incredible i love their music i really do and i don't really see them get mentioned a lot because i think they live in new york right now but sauna really has impressed the fuck out of me um so shout out sauna yo i just want to show love to him because i don't think he uh i don't think he gets enough looks especially from cats from the area and one time he said that ryan beat is the only hip-hop page online that isn't the feds and i really appreciated that because fuck the feds you already know dream podcast guest dream podcast guest i got some cats in maine i'm trying to get i'd be honored to have kafari on here um 
Jalen or just the whole crew from Y2 Crazy um, and Time Zone. I've interviewed Permi and Cardiac, but I really think Jalen, Y2 Jalen's incredible. Um, Rap Ferreira would be dope as fuck to get up on here, man. Probably forgetting some big names, too. But those are some good names. I think overall, if I could pick anybody dead or alive, I would love to have Robin Williams here. I've, I've, my brain has always resonated with his brain. And I would think it would be a fun conversation. So probably Robin Williams or any of the cats I just mentioned. Good answers. And you survived. You survived. We out here, man. I did it. I defeated myself. You survived the <laughs> rapid fire. Anything you want to tease? Let's kind of conclude this and wrap it up. What's coming, yo? What's next in the Rhymey world? What's Benny P cooking up? What do you want to tell the people? Yeah, yeah, we got a lot to tease. Um, Like I said, we're kind of entering phase three now. Expect a lot of cool shit. I've really found my footing in a lot of different things. Like, this was a big project for me, was trying to push myself visually to make this. And so I'm really glad that it's out. And, um, you know, it, it proved to myself, A, I can do 100 episodes, and B, I can, like, do wild shit on video, too, because audio and writing are more my background. But, yeah, man, expect the... Uh, more blog interviews, more podcasts, weekly radio show, of course, more blog posts in general. Like, you want to know the hot shit that's coming out from music? Rhymebeat.com. I update that weekly, if not daily. But, of course, the podcast, this one, all the print interviews, the radio show. We got more events coming up for sure, for sure. Um, more merch coming this summer for sure, for sure. And, you know, I'll say it. Fuck it. Because we friends, you know, we tight. Album 2 is coming this year. I'm dropping... The second Rhyme Beat album, some point this year. So look for that. That's all I'm going to say, though, for that. <laughs> album two. That's exciting news. Very exciting. Mm. I'm excited. Hell yeah. Where can people reach you? What's the best place to kind of contact? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Benny P at rhymebeat.com for emails. Anyone who, like, goes to DM me shit, like, how can I get music? BM. <laughs> BM. Uh, don't DM me. Email me at Benny P at rhymebeat.com. That's a good way to like just touch base with people. A professional but concise email that has high quality and well mixed um, renditions of your music is really big. I think, really big. Um, and then you know, rhyme.beat on Instagram, underscore rhymebeat on Twitter. That's not as important to me, but um, I, I do I do like my Instagram because I tried to make it kind of like almost like a magazine. I call it like a digital magazine because I post a lot of stuff on there, like you know five days a week i try and do that to really make sure there's good hip-hop content and r&b content out there but um yeah ig or benny p at rhymebeat.com i'd say to be honest tremendous i'm sure you know this question's coming where will benny p me be one year from now yeah man let's wrap up this fever dream <laughs> where will i be one year from now <laughs> this shit is a fucking fever dream man for real I'm going to be kind of like zen and cheesy. I'm going to be in a place of better wellness. My mind will be better. Not that it's bad right now, but I, you can always just improve and make yourself feel more at peace. My body will be better. My soul will feel better. I'm just going to be in a place of contentness, in a place where I'm more aware of what I can and can't control and more focused on the stuff I can control. And not focusing too much on the shit I can't. That's all I really. That's all. It, that's all I'd really want to be in a year from now. Cause I know I'm gonna keep doing this shit. I love this shit. So as long as I take care of myself, all the other shit will fall into place. That's how I view it. So hopefully that's where I'll be. That's a beautiful thing. I mean, we we gotta take care of ourselves. We gotta stay healthy, and that way we can be grateful. 
and express joy just for being doing this. This is an incredible moment, yo. And um, I'm honored. I'm honored to be here with you. Hopefully, the same is felt. I mean, it's beautiful. I mean, yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself, yo. Um, I'm so grateful. I'm a dude sitting in his motherfucking apartment speaking into a microphone or typing on his laptop or curating music and y'all fuck with it. And uh, in the past, I didn't think I'd make it half as far, man. And uh, when you go through mental shit in life, when you get out of dark places... I think the light can really feel overwhelming, but in a beautiful way. And uh, <laughs> I felt beautifully overwhelmed by the light for years now, man, in, in the best way possible. Like, And I think it's because of this art shit, because of this rhyme beat shit, you know? I, know? I don't feel and I know I'm never alone because of this. Mm. And I already knew that because of my family, but I, I mm. really just... I want to say thank you to everybody, everyone who's ever donated a dollar, donated an ear or an eye, not like organ doning, but you know what I mean, like read something or listened to something. Anyone who's like, I guess liked or shared something, man, just thank you, man. Like there is no me without you, without y'all. And, uh, Y'all got me all emotional, <laughs> and I'm thankful for that. So thank you, yo. Like I mean, a hundred episodes. Sheesh. I felt like the only way I could really and truly honor all of this was to just speak myself and be like, "Hey, yo, y'all the fucking shit for supporting me, and and thank you." <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I wanted to say that. Beautiful. And shout out Yardy Thing too. For sure. You already know. Shout out Yardy Ting, baby. Let's go. I love y'all. <laughs> um, and thank you again. Everyone who is a part of this, who's been supporting me and I guess this little movement we have here, it means the world. And thank you. <laughs> thank you, Yardy Ting, all right? Let's get out of here. You ready? Let's end this shit, all right? Peace. Peace. Shout out to myself, <laughs> Benny P, for stopping through Benny's crib. That felt weird to say. Um, this is just going to be a place for me to say, holy shit, thank you so much. 100 episodes deep, we going to keep it coming. The support means the world, and y'all are awesome. Shout out Yardy Ting, shout out yourself, and we'll see you very soon. Thanks again, y'all. Much love, and peace out. Rhyme beat.